Hello, and welcome to Shakespeare, the roundtable discussion podcast where we talk about the classics. My name is Chase, and I will be your mostly quiet producer. Today, we take a look at the Greek classic Lysistrata. Tell us what you think of the play in our Patreon Discord. You can gain access to said Discord through the Patreon at patreon.com slash ghostlightmedia. You can also find our website with a link to the merch store at shakespearepod.com. And now, on with the show. So I have two fun facts that I learned today. Ooh, I'm excited. I like learning new things. They're completely unrelated to each other or really anything else. But the first is that a pill bug is not a bug. It is a crustacean. Yeah. Weird. It's a land-dwelling crustacean. It is an arthropod, so yeah. yeah that They're descended of trilobites or something like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the second fun fact is that France is sending us another Statue of Liberty. Nope, we don't deserve it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I so, agree with Beth there. We don't deserve it. My um, my mother-in-law was over Thanks, today. Thanks, Macron, but... Um... Macron? Uh, so my mother-in-law Love was over at the cookies. house today for pizza night. And often I get uh, in- interest- interesting takes on mm. current events. Um, and she reads The Atlantic a little too often. And I haven't read this article. I'm sure this isn't really what it's about. Uh, but she did tell me that she was li- reading an article by um, somebody who is uh, a chef who was writing about how different foods, different ethnic foods are now racist, which I'm sure is not actually at all what the article said. But Apples are apparently, and any fruit pie is apparently racist uh, because it, it dis- the fruit trees displace the indigenous populations of America. Therefore, American pie is racist. To which my response was, ah, keeping it as true then that it's as American as apple pie. <laughs> Thank you, Chase, for the laugh. You're it was a good You're joke welcome. at the table. My father-in-law did not think it was funny. My mother-in-law thought it was very funny. Well, there you go. You know, you can't please everybody. I, can't please I can everybody. see Alan not finding that funny. Yeah, I'm and not I sure. I can see tittering. I, well, I can't think of why else she would have told me the story. And now I have to go find the article to be like, what was this guy really saying? It, yeah. How is pie racist? How is pie racist? Well, it's like that um, that article that went around, I think, also from The Atlantic that was, um, how is math racist? She did tell me about that today, too. Math um, is and racist. And here's the thing. It, so, no, here's the actual context of the article. The article was saying, hey, the way that we are using statistics to show certain numbers and not omitting certain pieces of data is kind of racist okay okay because you know it's talking like the one example i can remember off the top of my head because i read this like at two o'clock in the morning three weeks ago was that like you know it, it is uh crime statistics being higher in predominantly poc neighborhoods because over policing happens in those well yeah exactly it's it's not that there's more crime there it's that there's more police presence there there's more people oh. 
There's an entire TikTok song about this. There's there's more yeah, people exactly. calling the cops to come yeah. to those areas because they're afraid of the POC that are in those areas. Exactly. That's and there's and, more white Beckys. That's how math is right. Oh, there's more huh. white Beckys calling the cops on people's fucking barbecues. Because what I heard was okay. teaching our children that there is a specific answer is racist instead of that they're how we got to that answer, which is not at all what Chase just said. No. So I have seen, I have seen that as well. And I can understand that idea of, Hey, we need to be teaching thought processes more than results. Either way, as American like, as apple still, pie. T plus two is still yeah. four. And we're getting a second statue of Liberty. So still don't deserve it. It's it's smaller than the first one. Like it's not a full size. Is it one that's like, got like kids in cages down at the border or anything like that? No, they're hidden no, under Liberty's skirts. It's about ten feet tall. <laughs> it's about ten feet tall. It's one sixteenth the size of the original. They're gonna put it on Ellis Island. Well, I mean, it's a nice gesture, but we well, kind maybe it's of, like uh, yeah. this is what we thought your liberty was. This is what it actually is. <laughs> So it's a scale a, comparison. A scale, scale. We made a little sister. <laughs> That's what they're calling the it. Sister. The little sister? Yeah. Oh, God. Um, oh, great. Now there's going to be a, a big daddy, and then we're going to have to fight both of them to be able to... For a second, I didn't know where you were going, and then my head sh like snapped into Bioshock. I'm like, no, no, big daddy talk. No big daddy talk about the United States. Oh, <laughs> never mind. Uh, Video yeah, games. it was a Bioshock reference because of little sister. I almost bought a copy but... of Bioshock this week, too, and decided against it for... But Life I have a reasons. student um, who's currently serving as my assistant director for my musical that I'm working on who really likes puns, um, but is bad at them. And this is this is Tara, who's been on the podcast once. Yeah. Oh, was um, that when we hijacked those teenagers? Yeah, when yeah, we hijacked what... the teenagers. <laughs> Tara was one of them. She really likes puns, but she's very bad at them, but she won't admit that she's bad at them. Because her method of making a pun is saying a phrase... As if it's a pun, and then laughing at her own joke, even though what she has said is not in any way a pun. And so I was telling the students about that. the Second Statue of Liberty at rehearsal today. You met Michael. Michael and, does uh, and, and they asked the pertinent question of, you know, why? And I said, as a symbol of friendship. And Tara goes, ah, friendship! Ha ha ha! And, like, cracks up laughing. And we're all like, what? She says, because it, it's coming on a ship. Friendship. She's like, I really expected to get you with that one. That one was really good, guys. <laughs> Bless her. So she's Bl a Bless eight year old level. Eight year old level. That's right. That's she's very smart. She's she is. She's Bless achieved eight year old level puns. Yeah, I like it when Michael tries to do puns with Hannah. Mm -hmm. No, it does. No, it doesn't. Well. Work. The student is nowhere near the master. Give him time. That's oh, why I can't. That's why I can't get Hannah puns. and Lemons together. Do you know why else? Who else is a master of puns? Is that what you said? Yeah, I said. You know who else is a master I, of puns? I, I I do. It's not Liz Estrada, but it's her buddy. Well, I was gonna say Aristophanes, but yeah, Aristophanes. Man, this them. is a segue worthy of the garbage can. Shut the front door, you big dork. It's a segue worthy of this podcast, which is Wh which Shakespeare. Which is fair. It's Shakespeare. Yeah. Like, like, 
you said. I'm Ryan Hatfield. <laughs> I'm Beth Rose. Cassie Greenley. I'm Chase Greenley. Oh, Jesus. Uh, no, Lysistrata is what we're talking about. Yeah, we're about. talking about the Greeks, not the Middle Eastern Palestinian Jew. So, yep. if you ever think to yourself, ah, I know what playwright had the most dick jokes in one play, it has to be Shakespeare. In- it's not. Incorrect. It's not. It is. This is the granddaddy. in this play. The there, granddaddy of dick jokes. I So, as I often do, I forgot to read the play until very close to when we had to record. So, I did it while I was at work. Woohoo! <laughs> Which doesn't matter now because I'm getting a new job. So, they can't fire me for it. So, I won't work there anymore. <laughs> I was clapping for your new job. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations on your job. I'm a dorb. Thank you. I continue to make money. That's all that's important. So. Yay, capitalism. I am sitting at my bank job at my desk in the bank where everybody's got talking about fiduciary bullshit. Reading dick jokes on the, like, Listorama's, like, full text version of Liz Estrada. <laughs> Which is even worse, because I bought a really nice copy, and it's upstairs. I tried to read some of it today. The poet I found that wrote it was beautiful. It's beautiful. I'm really interested to know, because this occurred to me halfway through reading the play, like, when you when we read a Shakespeare play, like, there's one version. You read Shakespeare's version of the play. But this one, this is Aristophanes. This is an ancient Greek play, which means that we're all going to be reading translations and I we never at any point unified We didn't synchronize the, our translations. The translation we were going to be reading. I, no, we didn't. I read off of Project Gutenberg. I was really hoping for the Seamus Haney translation. Oh, I didn't even Just like for Beowulf. So, I I picked up a nice copy. It was dual language. I have no fucking idea why i picked up a dual language copy of this play you're gonna teach yourself i can't, I can't greek? read greek you're gonna teach yourself greek by way of aristophanes but i'm so used to picking up dual language copies of things like if it's in ancient if, it, if it's in old english i pick up the dual language if it's in latin i pick up the dual language and for, you might learn to speak it someday i can't even read it's not letters it's squiggles I can't you know read some of the letters. You know theta, alpha, phi. I, so I could go through and just highlight those. Really <laughs> confuse those. some Beth, future historian. Not to, like, blow your mind, oh, but all letters are just squiggles. Yeah, yeah, literally every word is made up. Okay. Language is imaginary. Shut up. So it's everything. Everything's imaginary. Shut up. Nothing Time's a lie. Time's a flat circle. The thing my husband says the most to annoy me, like he has a rote argument, which is that language is arbitrary and doesn't matter. I mean, he's not wrong. But I, he's also but he's, not right. But he's also wrong. I would agree that language is arbitrary. I think it still matters. It's not arbitrary. It may have developed arbitrarily, but it is now a specific set. Well, that's like people that argue that Indiana Jones had no effect on Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's just because they don't understand storytelling. Well, kind of. No. Not kind of. So there's always a character in a world-building style book or story that the audience can relate to. Um... 
they are similar to the audience themselves. And Indiana Jones, that's what he plays in that part. That all is the not, rest, the rest of those not, characters are so outrageous. No, I can totally like at somebody who's making whip motions at me and shoot them with a gun and walk off screen. I can do that. That's not and the... someday we will talk about Indiana Jones on this podcast, but today is not that day. I want to appreciate you for segueing are... before Ryan could respond to that, so I win. <laughs> All right. You don't win. We're talking about Liz Estrada. Speaking of women, brought it back up. Speaking of women winning, Liz Estrada. Liz Estrada. I love this play. I read the fir- this play for the first time. Greek for the Army history. Disbander. Theater history in college, like second semester freshman year i read this play loved it this is officially the oldest play or piece of literature that we have done on shakespeare mm-hmm. so far yeah by yeah. a good Millennium. thousand plus years uh so liz estrada i actually didn't read for a really long time because I had seen it frequently. It is a treasure trove of amazing scenes for community theaters and colleges to put on. Um, yeah. I'm pretty so sure imagine my it. surprise when I get to the end of the book the first time, or the play the first time, and there's just a naked lady on stage. Because <laughs> that wasn't in any of the productions I saw. The uh, Project Gutenberg version is smattered through with illustrations. Mm. Ooh. So you got a whole lot of naked ladies. I got a whole lot of naked ladies as I was reading my version, yes. Yeah, there there are some very famous wood panels that were done up for this piece around the time of Shakespeare. That may be what's I would say there's some from the 1800s Gutenberg and, and yeah. prior, yeah. Um, and then it was a favorite of uh, Toulouse-Lautrec and his contemporaries. They like to do... Liz Estrada. Uh, yeah, just panel. Because there's a lot of penises. There are a lot, a lot of dicks. A lot of penises. Okay, there's so let's get... Let's, let's Yeah, let's talk about... Let's get into the actual plot of let's Liz Estrada. So we start with Liz Estrada, alone on Setting stage. Setting the scene, the Peloponnesian Wars. And if, yes, if Peloponnesian Wars. anybody, so if anybody doesn't know, the Peloponnesian Wars are a war between Athens and Sparta. It rages forever, and it happens more than once. Yeah, it, whenever they get bored, it's so, like it's like Japan and, and Korea. It uh, very much because they're that close mm-hmm. and about that size. So and so we start we start with Lysistrata panning back and forth on an empty street going, you know, if I was throwing a party They'd have fucking been or a feast giving free food, I wouldn't be able to move up the street. There'd be so many people. But no, I call for an important reason and nobody's fucking here. I feel every bit of her pain having been someone who's tried to, like, get a committee together <laughs> to do uh-huh. something. Hey, we tried to run a theater company. We tried to run a theater that company. That shit's like herding cats. Uh, the theater company I'm currently involved in is doing a huge clean-out at the theater to get ready for reopen. I can guarantee you there'll be four people there. The same and four people that show up for everything? No, because I won't be one of them. <laughs> I gotta work. Darn. But, I 
feel for her. She's so pissed. And in walks up her friend. Kalanice. 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 Greek. Greek. Callie. Yeah, Callie. So Callie comes walking up and she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What the fuck am I here for? Don't worry, they'll be here. Just calm down. Calm down. Like, no, I told them to be here and I value punctuality. And if you're not 15 minutes early, you are late. Okay? Settle. And that was a half an hour ago. You settle your voice. There's a lot of shit to do when you're a woman. You have to, like, calm your husband down. Calm the baby down. Get them clothed. Get them fed. Get out the door yourself. And again, I fucking feel this woman. (laughs) (laughs) And Liz Estrada is like, yeah, but, uh... I have a much more important thing than all of that what, po- to settle. What? what do you have? Tell me. Bring it. Many, many dick jokes next. Many, many dick jokes next. That's so the most important j- thing. So many. So all the dick jokes. Eventually, all of the women show up, including women from Sparta. Because Lysistratus Athenian. She has somehow gotten women from the city, the warring city-states... To show up, no explanation as to how she pulled off this feat. She has gotten... But she gets them all there. ...women from the Warring City States here for this meeting. And I, I do need to know this about the translations you read. Were your Spartans written by any chance with a Scottish accent? Uh, because mine was. No. That's a thing? I have seen in in stuff like somehow Spartans are the Scot the Scots of Greece. I have a footnote about it um, on Gutenberg. The translator has put the speech of the Spartan characters in Scotch dialect, which is related to English about as was the Spartan dialect to the speech of Athens. The Spartans, in their character, anticipated the shrewd, canny, uncouth Scotch Highlander of modern times. And it's just, it's a little bit jarring for me to be reading, you know, and to get to, um... Oh, I... Assess them, you tickler, with such tender chucks as if I were an altar victim. <laughs> and it's like, okay, is that what we're doing? Cool. Yes, That's that is fun. what the fuck we're doing, Cassie. I'm here... For it. Thank you. That was my not very good Scottish accent. I hope everybody enjoyed. It wasn't it. bad. We'll, we'll, we'll do a live read of. I've, we'll do a live read of this, and we'll get uh, Ismay on. I've yes, I have heard get Ismay to do it, but I get to be Lysistrata because I fucking love this. I music. have heard worse Scotch. I would violence. like if we if okay, we're doing excellent. this, I call leader of the female chorus. Yes, you may be leader of the female chorus. Thank you. Thank you. It's not a big role. But there's a lot of dick jokes. Well, not Gotta for have your priorities in order. But, but more... Just to give yeah. people a sense of what we're talking about. Like, this is just a, a conversation apropos of nothing. What kind of an object is it? A tremendous thing. And long? Indeed, it may be very lengthy. Very lengthy. Like, exchanges like that are throughout... Throughout the, the, throughout the entire play, Aristophanes just took every opportunity to put a dick joke in. Which is nice, because by the end... Look, game recognized game. By the end, you are so incredibly, um, I don't know, used to it, 
that when just flaming erections come on the stage, you're like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a penis. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> this is this is one, not out one, of the ordinary. One, one more dick to the pile. <laughs> uh, so eventually everybody is assembled and they're like, Lysistrata, what? what? Like, what do you want? Why are we here? And she goes, listen, okay, are you guys tired of your husbands always going off to war? Yeah, I am. They're gone forever. I have to watch the like, kids. They're never home. All by myself. All by yourself. You got a solution. Okay. Don't have kids? Nope. I have a plan. What's your plan? I have a plan. What's your plan? Okay. I have a plan and it's going to bring instant peace. We stop having sex with our we husbands. stop fucking them. And she says that and then her next line is, why do you turn your backs? Where are you going? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm not going to not fuck my husband. We already talked about this. Priorities. Well, Callie, Callie represents the uh, <coughs> the other side of the Lysistrata coin, apparently, you know, or, or whatever, as it were. The uh, the hedonistic side of the of the uh, the coin there is Callanice or whatever her name is. When it's interesting that, like, immediately leading into that, she's asked these women, and she's, like, building up to this big, grand idea she has. She's like, what would you do to establish lasting peace? And all the women were like, we would do anything. There is nothing that we would not do. Except for... And then she's like, okay, we're going to stop having sex with them. I would do anything for peace, but I won't do that. But I won't not do that. <laughs> and the only reason that this plan succeeds is because that Spartan lady who's there, Lampedo, Lampedo. the Scot. Um, Rob's got to work on his names, though. <laughs> Lampedo. Lampedo stands with Lysistrata and says, No, you know what? It's going to be a hard thing. But. <laughs> Thank you. But I agree, peace is important. We can do it. We're women. We're strong. We can make this happen. I, for one, stand with my Athenian sister. All right. Now repeat after me. And then they get drunk. There is no prick. Lovers or husbands. I don't know what your translation said. That's what my translation said. Uh, I got to find where they do the, the oath. It's long and detailed. Yep. There is no prick, lover, no prick, lovers or husbands that will po- will approach me erect. They I even they even give up the sexual pleasure of the lioness on the cheese grater, which is apparently a sexual position. Shut in at home, I'll live prickless and chaste. I'll be dressed seductively and beautifully made as so to set my man's desire or to set on fire my man's desire. Not let him fuck me with my consent. Um, mine is much more poetically worded. Than that. <laughs> I like best translation. Yep. But if a prick forces itself upon me, I will not reach orgasm at the same time it does. So that is one of the conversations that they have is women are like, okay, but what if we say no? And that is not taken at face value, and the men force themselves upon us. And Lysistrata's like, then just lay there like a dead fish. Yep. 
do not engage, do nothing, just let it happen. Um, but here's here's my poetic oath. To husband or lover, I'll not open arms, though love and denial may enlarge his charms. But still at home, ignoring him, I'll stay, beautiful clad in saffron silks all day. If he then seizes me by dint of force, I'll give him reason for a long remorse. I'll never lie and stare up at the ceiling, nor like a lion on all fours go kneeling. If I keep faith, then bounteous cups be mine. If not, to nauseous winter change this wine. I will not have my slippers raised to the ceiling. <laughs> I like it better. And yeah, like, lion, like... lion on the cheese grater is... I believe it. I believe it. But they, they create this elaborate ritual on the spot. They're like drinking wine out of a skull. Women don't do it half-assed. Well, look, skulls are way more sustainable than than other forms of beverage uh, holder. Unlike a solo cup can continually be used. And you know which skull is yours. It's a lot and more environmentally friendly. I also appreciate greatly that... Several of the women there only agree to take the oath when they're told that it's the really good wine that they're taking the oath with. Like, it's the good we stuff, and it will not be watered no, down. No, it's not watered down. It's it's, And you can have some if you swear this oath. <laughs> this, 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 ain't the, this ain't the shitty tawny port above the fridge. Hey! That tawny port is still in my liquor cabinet. <laughs> yeah, is it still above the fridge? No, it's underneath the sink in the laundry room, because we're adults now. Let's play a game called Drink What's on Top of the Fridge. So, they've made their vows, and all of a sudden they hear a commotion. Because Lysistrata's second phase of this plan has gone into action. Part two. And Lysistrata's like, oh, didn't I tell you? Um, we're meeting in their citadel, and I've also, I've locked all the doors, so nobody can get in and nobody can and get these, out. Hope you left your kids with somebody you trust. These <laughs> old fuckers are pissed. So the old ladies, the older women have gone to the Acropolis, where the money is kept. And they've locked it down. I love it. And some of the women are like, aren't the men going to march on us? And Lysistrata's like, yes, yeah, so... The men, the men are not only going to march on The men are like, we're coming to burn this mother down if you don't get out of here and open the doors. They can't kill us all. Who will raise their children? Scene one. Very busy. Lots of drinking. Many penises. Scene two. Now come the men. I love that the old men show up and they're going to burn the gate to the Acropolis down and the old women show up with pitchers of water <laughs> and they're like oh yeah we can put this shit out I want to watch you try <laughs> you understand fire and destruction okay here's some water what are you going to do now the old lady is like I'm your huckleberry I'm your huckleberry and so then they start like dumping the water on the men and the men are like what are you what are you doing stop it <laughs> I'm wet. Stop I'm it. Wet now. You're ruining our arson. But I needed money for ships. Come on, guys. Stop trying to stop my arson. Stop trying to. Guys. Stop it. So. So then. 
They go out and get some Scythian archers. It, mm. And I just love this exchange because the men are so whiny. Yeah, but also like they're they're making threats. Be quiet, or I'll bash you out of any years to come. And the women are like, just try it. Step. And the men say, oh, and if I hit you in the face, what vengeance could you take? And the women are like, I will rip you with my teeth and strew your entrails at your feet. Yeah. Look, these women didn't come to fucking play. They're no, here to fucking no. throw down. Oh, sweet God. I love it. I love it. These men, these the men magistrate shows up and is like, "Did you get the women under control yet?" Oh no, sir! They're wild. They're undisciplined. We can't. They said mean things to us. Uh, they they, they called me water names. They were in our face. They were not very nice. And we look like we paid on ourselves. It's terrible. It's terrible. We said, "Get out of here," and they said, "No." <laughs> <laughs> and we don't know what to do now. So he brings some archers. Yeah, and Lysistrata comes out and she's like, uh, hey, what's the deal? And they're like, seize her. And then all the women are like, if you touch her, if your hand touches her, I'll spread you out and trample on your guts. And then the men are like, seize her too. And then another woman comes out and goes, if your hand moves her way, you'd better have a surgeon somewhere handy. Like, the women are did, on top of their insults. Yeah, did you yeah. think and that the, we were the just magistrate, cowards? The magistrate is going on and on about the hysterical nature of women and their devotion to wine and promiscuous sex and their Adonis cults and... Blaming men for the poor supervision of their women folk. And even... Well, you have to get out of there. You can't control the money of the state. You don't know what you're doing. Well, I ran your household. I kept your purses just fine. Yeah, Uh, uh, We do all uh, that shit at home. Why can't we do it here? Yeah. Yeah. And and Lysistrata's point is, if you don't have access to the money, you won't be able to fund your war anymore. Yep, can't buy boats. And then we will have peace. It's that simple. Can't buy boats if you don't have money. So all you have to do is declare peace. Stop fighting the Spartans. That's it. And then as that. This scene is just fantastic. I love Lysistrata so much. And my translation that I read... Did some interesting things with verse pattern as they translated. And it's a very, like, hypnotic meter that she falls into as she's giving this elaborate speech to the men and the women who are there to listen. So when we read Shakespeare, we look at Shakespeare, he does iambic pentameter because it most closely mimics human speech. And so you kind of forget that you're listening to verse. Whereas this translation makes it very clear all the time that you are listening to verse. And it's very kind of hypnotic and it kind of underlines the power of Lysistrata as an orator. And she goes on and on about how, listen, we're here because we have a plan for peace. You're here to continue warmongering. And for all that you, like our husbands, sit there and say that we don't know what we're doing. 
and we have no business here. And we try to ask questions and you shut us down because we're simple minded women folk, even though we've proven again and again that we are as smart as you, if not smarter. And we're told to hold our tongue and we're hold, told to stay in the home and do women's work and, and pay attention to that. And all this time... There's a very simple way to peace that's right under your noses and you won't even acknowledge it because you're so busy trying to prove who's the strongest and the manliest and it's all you care about. Well, and I, I love some of the stuff that she points out here, like, you know, um, you know, feeling sorry for her, for the young childless women who, uh, you know, they're aging at home while their men are away. At war, and the Duke is like, "Oh well, men get old too." And and she points out, "Well, women hit an age where they're considered too old to marry, and things like that, and men don't." Yeah, as long as they yeah. can still get it up. I yeah, she makes that point. She's like, "If a man is old and gray, he can still come home and sire children, but women reach an age where they no longer can be mothers, and they reach that age sooner than men do." Yeah, and if that's something that woman wants, well, she's SOL because she got too old while men were off fighting war to have that. And when she's done quibbling with the magistrate, she offers to make him a coffin, bake him a funeral cake, and throws a funeral wreath around his neck. Yeah, she dresses him up like a corpse ready for a funeral. She's beautifully She just had brutal. that at the ready. Brutal. Oh, yeah. She was been, ready with prop comedy. She's oh, yeah. been planning this for a while, man. The Peloponnesian War has been going on for a rip. She's been thinking about and this it's not day just that she, for a hot It's minute. not just that she has a plan to end the war. She has a plan to unite the nations into a stronger nation. And nobody will listen to her because she's a woman. So, so she... Takes control of their Acropolis, where all their money is. The magistrate is left. We're still left with, like, the old men's chorus. The chorus the, of old men and the chorus yeah. of old women. So Dracus and Phaedrus. Dracus gets this great idea of what he'll do. Is he's going to go into the fight, or this battle of words, and just butt-ass naked. Nobody asked him to. And it makes no sense and helps nothing for him to be without clothes. Explain. And then all of the men follow suit. Why? And then they all smell bad. So, Lysistrata has also... She's not just locked the men out of the Acropolis. She's locked the women in. So that they can't go have sex with their husbands. And uh, many of them are trying to sneak away. They're starting to try to desert. They don't want to be there anymore. And she's complaining to the women, like, our women's army is mutinying. And I caught, you know, I caught all these women trying to sneak out. And as she's having this conversation, she catches, like, three more women trying to sneak past her. One of the best, and one of the best reasons a woman gives... <laughs> for why she has to sneak out is because she's got to go home and air her fabrics by spreading them on the bed. I mean, there's no Febreze. You got to have something. Got to spread it on the bed to air her fabrics. That's why she has to go home. That's what they're calling it? Yeah. 
And listen, that's basically what Lysistrata says. She's like, uh-huh, spread your wool on the bed. Mm-hmm, get back inside. <laughs> and then the second woman comes in. My my poor flax, it's left at home unstripped. I need to I need to go. And I'll, I'll, I'll be back as soon as I have flayed it properly. <laughs> <laughs> to which Lysistrata says, you'll not flay anything. Get back inside. Another woman comes out and is like, ooh, I gotta go home and give birth. And Lysistrata's like, uh, you weren't with child yesterday. Tap, 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 tap. That's a bowl. Hmm. Not a baby. Yeah. <laughs> Why is your baby hard and hollow and sounds like metal? I guess it's a, it was the helmet of Athena. She took the, the helmet, helmet of, Athena of Athena from the Acropolis. But I'm pregnant. And then the woman's like, but it was just to catch the baby. When I give birth to the baby. Yeah, she's got to go home and get impregnated so she can have the baby. And then we get like a, oh, just stay. We'll have a naming party for the baby. I mean the helmet. I mean the baby. And Lysistrata is finally like, listen, all you fuckers, you're bad at lying. Either get better at lying or stop wasting my time. (laughs) Stay in the room. Get better at lying is always an option. <laughs> it's like, and then, and then Lysistrata says to them, she shows them what, what good lying is. She goes, she says, listen, hold out a little bit longer. An oracle that I talked to has promised our victory. Do you want to hear what the oracle said? And the women are like, yes, yes, we want to hear what the oracle said. And then Lysistrata just on the spot just like makes up and spouts off. The Oracle said, stay in the fucking Acropolis and away from your fucking husbands. That was the Oracle said. And the women are like, oh, okay, well, if the Oracle said so. Okay, we believe you. Thanks. Thanks, Lysistrata. And they leave, and I'm sure Lysistrata then goes, and that's how you fucking lie to people. (laughs) Again, I feel that woman. I feel her. I feel her. I'm going to try to figure out where to go next. Because then we go back to the old man chorus and they're going to tell you a dirty story about a little boy. The next, like, main plot thing that happens is when the dude shows up, like, like so horny, apparently, that he can't fucking stay away anymore. And it's the husband of one of the One of the ladies inside. Marine. And so (laughs) this is Strata's, like, torture this asshole. She's like, all right, we'll let him in. We'll let him in. Um, and you go pretend like you're going to have sex with him. But get them all excited. And then don't have sex with him. Well, and they, she don't, they, and they don't even let, her in, let him inside because they're still in the Acropolis. Yeah. She goes out yeah. to him. So she, like, she goes out. She's like, oh, I love you. You're right. I need you. But Yay. we can only have sex if you promise to stop the war. And he's... Ready. He's like, yes. Stop this war. So one of so it's Sinassus, I think is the husband's name. Kinesius. 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 And he's brought their child. One of his reasonings is that this kid has gone six days without food or being washed. Whose fault is that, man? Also, whose child is still alive after six days with no food? Yeah, if you have yeah. I can't go, I mean, I could go six days without food, but I'd be pretty and close to starvation at that point. My, uh, 
my translation has the best response in the world. So Kinesius is uh, has the child there and is calling up to his mother. And he says, don't you feel pity for the child? He's not been fed or washed now for six days. And Maureen's response is, I certainly pity him with so heartless a father. It's true, though. Well said. Yeah, like, whose fucking responsibility? Uh, like, okay, so your wife's not there. Well, it is your child also. It's not your wife's responsibility to take care of this child. And so she goes out to see her child and then pays more attention to her child than to her husband. At which point the husband's like, okay, kid, get out of here. You've served your purpose. <laughs> you, did, you did your part. Now get out of here, you little Chicken cock Chicken in the microwave. Get out of here. Speaking of cock blocking or cocks, we are made very aware in the text that this gentleman has a raging boner. Well, yeah, he came yes. strolling up hard as calculus, ready to bone down <laughs> with his hobgoblin cock. biddy. <laughs> hard as cock. Oh, Jesus. Okay. And, so, and he's he's trying to convince her to come back home. And he's trying to be like, don't you... Forget about me. This... As much as I do. And she's like, nope, get your hands off me, please. And then she's like, tell you what, we can't do this in front of the baby. So he sends the baby home. So he's like, all right, go home. And then she's like, okay, now we're in the middle of the fucking Acropolis. Where do you want to do it now? Whether we go over to Pan's cave? Is that that where you want to? No, he's ready to do it right there on the spot. Um... Gonna, and she's like, uh, that's gross. They're gonna fuck I'm not going to have sex with you in the dirt. She's like, no, no, I couldn't go back inside after we have sex. Then we'd have to, you know, I'd have to have a place to be cleaned. She, he's like, oh, there's there's a river over here. There's a spring. You can, you can go over there. So she she keeps delaying. Yeah, she gets over and over a and bed, over. a mattress, a pillow, a blanket, a flask of oil. Like she just keeps finding ways to delay her husband. And then she goes back inside the fucking Acropolis and locks the door again. Yeah, it's great. She says, flush off, motherfucker. I love it. I love it. Go take care of your own problem. If you really, if you really want to have sex, vote for the peace treaty. Bitches! And then she leaves. She fucking gives him the deuces. And, of course... He's standing there, just dick hard as can be, and up walks Dracus again, brilliant man that he is, and just goes, "Ah, uh, you got the penis out. Yes, it's hard." <laughs> the old like, the old guys sing a, so- a sad song about dicks. I just he oh man, and he goes on and on about how horrible his wife is. For and then speaking of fashion. more dicks, a Spartan. A Spartan messenger shows up with a fucking rager going on. Everybody, every male who enters has a huge boner. And everybody points at it for the rest of the show. Like they're third graders. It's excellent. And I get, in my translation, I get more wonderful Scottish uh, turns of phrases yes, in this scene. Scottish descriptions of boners. Are you a man or a monstrosity? My scrimp-brained lad, I'm a herald, as you see, who had come from Sparta. My scrimp-brained lad, scrimp I love it. Scrimp-brained lad. Uh, my translation 
The Spartan Herald calls his penis a Spartan messaging rod. Hmm. It's nice. Um, I So I left my nice, pretty translation upstairs. It's so far away and the kids are asleep. So I pulled up one on the computer here and it is foul and I love it more. <laughs> yeah, I need to know who did your your translation because that's it's definitely... Po- so I grabbed poetryandtranslation.com. Um, and it is filthy, just filthy. And I love it because they, the word fuck is just all over this thing. It's wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. So, so the magistrate comes back and he's also sporting a prodigious burden, a prodigious burden. I doubt it's that prodigious. Well, I, one of the biggest things about this play is when it's produced is like how big of an erection can you give every man in the show? Well, and you need to seem to have the best productions would have normal size, slightly bigger, slightly bigger, almost missing, and then a short person with a huge cock. Like, Gigantic. just make it make it a visual gag because you're gonna have to do this anyway. Just make it ridiculous. I mean, you've got boners upon boners coming on stage. you got to do something with it. Right. Okay. So let's keep going here. So, they're talking about how peace is going to come about. And um, that's very true. Because pretty soon, where is it? Doesn't peace come out here pretty soon? Well, the magistrate, when he comes in, like, the magistrate laughs at the fact that the Scottish guy has a boner. Because now they're just Scottish. They're not even Spartans. <laughs> they're not Spartans anymore. They're the Scots. Scottish guy has a boner while also sporting his own boner. But he's like, all right, peace talks. Let's have some peace talks. I love that in the middle of this scene, where they're finally agreeing to maybe talk about peace... There's a chorus that just stops the action and turns to the audience and goes, now listen, Athenians, we're not trying to be political here. And it's really important that you know that. We just want everybody to have a good time. You we're not the, we're not pushing an agenda. You see all these dicks on stage? Isn't that fucking hilarious? Look at all these dicks. War is bad, and, and women should too. be more powerful. But here are the dicks, so don't think too much about it. I love it. And so, yes, then the Athenians and the Spartans come on, and they're like, God, okay, fine. Peace treaty. Sign a peace treaty. You gotta, gotta come up because with Because we're one. all inflicted with the same disease. And it is. And maybe a peace treaty will cure it. Well, obviously, they need to see their doctor after more than four hours with an erection. Somebody spiked the punch with Viagra. (laughs) Got a prescription for blue balls here. (laughs) So Liz Estrada comes back out and looks at all of them and is like, this is fucking ridiculous. You could not control yourself. It's like, I don't even feel like it's been a day. I don't even think we've gone to sleep. Everything's happening. I don't think time really passed. No, but it's a Greek play, so it doesn't. Yeah, it's true. Greek plays, time doesn't pass. But, like, Um, there's no indication of time passage whatsoever. So this is literally, like, later in the afternoon. To 
to hold these gentlemen's attention so that she can help guide them through peace talks, she brings out one of her friends, a woman named Peace, who's completely butt-ass naked and painted with a map of Greece on it. So that she can better show them well, how peace a, can be. She's a piece of Greece. She's a piece of Greece. My translation says, lead them courteously as women should, and if they grudge fingers, guide them by other methods. Using their penis, lead them by their dicks. Draw by whatever offers you a grip. Well, yeah, of course. If they won't come with you, do what you gotta do, man. Give it, give it a good old grip. And she gives them a nice speech about, eh, you guys are all the same. You worship the same gods. You're pretty much the same people. You've intermarried. I don't know why you're fighting. I don't know why you're Scottish. (laughs) I don't know where that came from. The Brits have been asking that question for ages. Well, look, (laughs) when you take the Gulls and you take the Britons and you take the Picts and you mix them all together, you get Scotland and Ireland. I feel like quoting train spotting right now. I don't hate the English. I was going to go with the Facts of Life theme song, but that works too. <laughs> so she gets and what to... Finally... Yeah. Go ahead. Like, the line I have that finally, like, convinces them is her just saying, why not be friends? What is there to prevent you? What's stopping you? And everybody kind of going, uh, well, uh, I mean... I don't know. Nothing, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, but I guess, I guess we're guilty of this. Uh, that lady's really pretty. She's well, yeah. The, these guys, the the peace delegates, can't stop just staring at the naked lady. I've never seen a more majestic lady in my life. Yeah, like they, they're like, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Uh, we should get along. Can she turn around? I want to see how Turkey's involved in this. <laughs> <laughs> is Troy is Troy on this map? Should we go? Should we go searching what? for uh? <laughs> Atlantis? I mean, it might still just be under the surface. <laughs> but yes, he's mad about that one. She was mad about I that. I could I see mad about on that her one. face. But it was funny. I thought it was funny. I thought it was good. Thanks. And so, Lissa Strata does a very good job in this conversation, you know, all innuendo aside, of saying, what is it that you want? Like, what do you want to get out of this war? Uh, well, we kind of want this piece of land. Okay, how about this piece of land that's in a different spot and is almost identical? How about, can we give you that one? Uh, yeah, okay, sure, um, that sounds good. Okay, and what is it that you want out of this? Uh, maybe to be treated a little nicer. Okay, can we do that? Sh- sure. Yeah, yeah, all right. So why are we fighting? Let's stop fighting. I guess. Um, does that mean like, that okay. we can have sex now? Yeah, sign the treaty, drink some wine, and then go home with your wives. Everybody dances together. They sing a song to uh, Athena. And then... They're like, open the doors! Get out of the way! We're coming (laughs) in with raging boners! Everybody, everybody move! (laughs) Fucking brute squad comes in. (laughs) Dongs a-flapping. Oh, and they have a great big celebration. And then there's an orgy, and basically, and yes. ten months later, approximately, 
There are Seven children. million children are born. <laughs> there are a lot of children. And uh, and that's Liz Estrada. Yeah. Lots of dick jokes. Thank you, Aristophanes. So, so many dick jokes. So many dicks. Yeah. The and most... they're kind of being dicks. There's so dicks, it works out. dicks on dicks. Dicks on dicks. No, we're done. We're done with it. I feel like the dick jokes could go on forever, but it's really just you and I saying dick in a variety of different, like, tones. Yeah, but that's funny for us. For us. For Cassie's over there going, gentlemen, I have intellectual things to do. Cassie's over there going, you fucking dicks. (laughs) Aw, dicks. (laughs) Is the appropriate send-off for this episode. It is. Digious burden. I think we should wrap up this prodigious burden so that we can get to talking about it. <laughs> Obviously, you gotta wrap it. Yeah, we can double wrap it sometimes. But, but honestly, <laughs> if you if you haven't read this play and you're put off by the idea like, oh, it's ancient Greek or whatever. It's 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 not long. It it's, reads it's short. really it's a quickly. Short play. And I mean, if you really have that much trouble with it, go find whatever Beth's translation is. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's, I want poetry. Copy. I actually poetry I to, and translation. Here, I'll put I the need copy. A, I need to. I need to combine Cassie's Gutenberg translation with Beth's translation, so I still get Scottish Spartans. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yelling about yelling, fuck this and cock yelling that. Dicks. Here you go, Ryan. That's for you. Thank you. There's the link. I need it. Um, I'd say let's let's put it up on our something, but. I don't think there's a place where comments go. So throw it, throw it up on the Twitter. Throw it up on the Twitter. Uh, the, put it on the Discord. Oh yeah, we should definitely put it on the Discord. Oh, I haven't put anything on the Discord in a millennia. But yeah, Chase, you should throw that up on the uh, the Shakespeare tweets. For sure, for sure. So and it it's filthy and it's delightful and yeah, I would but- I would stage that and not invite my mother to it. <laughs> Don't invite your mother-in-law either. Tell me what to do. I don't think Cynthia would enjoy it as much as we do. Probably not. But I like it. It's great. Odd dicks. Odd dicks. This has yeah, been so. That is. This has been Shakespeare. I don't know what episode number we're on. Um, we're getting up there. We're we're inching closer to a hundred. This I think is we're on ninety. Nope. We're recording. This is ninety two. When we hit a hundred, do we get syndicated? When we, we hit get 100? a pizza party. <gasps> I love pizza. <laughs> <laughs> no, at a hundred, we just uh, we just start everything over again, and we we start at the bottom. King of John, we're working our back. Started from the bottom. Now we're all the again. Richards again. All the Henrys. I quit. <laughs> you can't quit. Okay, but can we space the Henrys out like a lot more than we did? No. Ride or die. Cassie, Ride or die. Jesus. I was going to say yes, but Cassie was like, fuck you. All of the Henrys in a row. Should, but then they're done. But they're first. But they're done. Should we, we do, do Should we do we the rest of the, the plays? Put all the Henrys in a hat. Put all the Henrys in a hat and we'll just dry out randomly. Oh, I like it. Which Henrys first? Either that, or we go back and we redo the Shakespeare plays, but we do them in chronological order, not of when they were written, but when they would have occurred. When they would have occurred yes. in And we in get history. to decide when the made-up shit happens. 
Let's close this shop up. But yeah, it's Shakespeare, episode 92. I'm Ryan Halfhill. I'm Beth Roars. I'm Cassie Greenlee. I'm Chase Greenlee. Podcast is done. Who's out front? Should have told you. Ah, dicks. Ah, dicks. dicks. Lots of them. Even Cassie yeah. said it. Fucking tidal wave of yeah. dicks. No. Oh, God. No. 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 <laughs> This has been a Ghostlight Media production.